hello and welcome to another episode of the Hobby Happy Hour with me, Bob, and two other people that are going to introduce themselves immediately after I say that. Oh, top of the morning to you, everybody. Thank you. Yeah, hello. Great. So I'm joined, I'm joined today by, by Gerald and Dan. I'd like to say hello, Gerald and Dan. Oh, hello there. Hello. How are you, Bob? Uh, thank you, thank you, Dan. I'm good. I am good. How are you two? Very well, thanks, mate. Uh, I'm doing quite fantastic. It's very early in the morning here in America. Fantastic. Look at this, though. Cross-national, crossing borders, bringing together the people across the pond. It's Yeah, it's good. It's rocking. And harmony. And, and the North-South Divide. We're breaching boundaries today, Dan. That's what we're doing. True, true. Because that's what Warhammer does. It brings everybody together. Yeah, through our love of a never-ending, never-ceasing violent war. Um, Yay! Amen. Praise be the God Emperor. Speaking of never-ending wars that will rage eternally, um, today we are joined together to discuss a book. This is the second iteration of the book club and we have read the talon of horrors or digested it through other mediums i personally shoved it through my ears that's what i did you and i both gotta love those audiobooks baby we're all audiobooks you're really a book club it's still a book club story club fine fantastic story club story well i mean there's literally the word book in audiobook exactly so it has to be a textbook, does it? It <laughs> doesn't have to be. Yeah, got around that little loophole, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> you bastards. Um, so, yeah, we've digested the Talon of Horus, um, which I've been calling the Talons of Horus for a long time. Um, yeah, me too. Until I realised it is Talon of Horus. Yeah, there's only one of them in there. Yeah. yeah. There is only one. There can be only one... Um, there could be only one. Beat me by one second. Yeah, exactly the same thing went in my head. So that's exactly. So that's what we've done. We've read this book, and now we're going to discuss it because that's what book clubs are about. So as always, um, if you've read, read, listened to the other book club episode that me and Dan did, um, there will be spoilers here. Um, But also at the same time, like there's a heresy involving Horus. This is the story about his talent. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been out a while, this one, I think. So and it has. And I don't know. think there's anything sort of like wildly, oh, what a plot twist. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. Yep. Cool. Yeah, we know that. So, as a brief overview, the book itself is about um, a named character who is our protagonist um, seeking out the <laughs> fucking ship that Abaddon <laughs> is in. So it's about our boy. Oh God, Kion, Kion, seeking Kion. out the vengeful spirit. Vengeful spirit. Yeah, look at this cooking <laughs> gas. Fantastic. It's fuck's sake. So Sekunda Kion seeking it, out the vengeful spirit with his friends. Iskandor. And some enemies. Iskandor. And he makes some friends. Iskandor. And he finds out that the vengeful, the real vengeful spirit is the friends that he's made along the way. 
is the real vengeful spirit. And that's it, folks. What a tale. What a story. All right, good book for yeah. everybody. Let's wrap up. The... Let's wrap it up. Let's get. Let's give like day. I don't know why my Jono impression sounds like a Muppet, but that's not the No, stop. Stop. What is this? like Arnold's. Don't skip leg day. Don't skip leg day. Let's get to the chopper. This. Anyway, thank you. quickly. Quiet, Jono. Oh, very quickly. He's here in spirit. All right, all right. <laughs> um, so anyway, I mean, it's it's the uh, it's the introduction of how the Black Legion came about. That's right, and it's told through the eyes of an X thousand Legion. Um, thousand sons. Thousand. What did I say? You said thousand, thousand Legion. Thousand sons. <laughs> oh Jesus! Today's good. An X thousand sons legionary. An X thousand sons space marine Astartes. Um, it briefly sort of brushes on what happens to them as well, which I quite enjoyed. Um, I quite I, I like the yeah. dabbling of it. But um, yeah. Anyway, so Kion. It's about him and his little adventures. He goes on with his wolf friend and Gaia. Gaia. Uh, and his not girlfriend Dark Eldar. <laughs> to find that you know of I'm going to really try not to summarise it like this because I'm making it sound shit uh, <laughs> it's actually a very very good book I thoroughly enjoyed this I have to say um, me too this was, yeah, it was very fun to listen to it was, it was a very very good book um, and I, yeah, I recommend you read it because we won't do it justice in this as I'm sure you can gather at this stage already so ultimately it's a very good look into again the world of chaos so I mm. found it a really good because I know that like in the last one that we did we spoke about Demon World which is a favourite of mine and it talks about chaos but from the eyes of obviously like a very tribal community this is chaos and the heresy but through the eyes of a how can i put it a very chaos savvy space marine yeah. starties and like yeah, the yeah. way that he yeah. views the warp and the way that he views quote-unquote chaos and quote-unquote demons is he's much more neutral to it which i found very very interesting as a perspective well being him being the thousand suns space marine and the psyker that kind of helps bring it bring that all to he's yeah he it helps with with him seeing that in a neutral light i think yeah yeah for sure because obviously most of the time when you talk about things like chaos and the warp and demons it's coming from the perspective of the imperium and it's viewed as a as a fundamentally very negative thing whereas this mm, is yeah. again not necessarily it doesn't sort of describe it in very positive ways but it it definitely gives a more benevolent light to it um, I I particularly like the way that he is always sort of uh, delineating between chaos and the pantheon, and it's like chaos. The warp is a tool. The pantheon are just a pain in the ass that we kind of want to avoid. I don't really want to be worshiping them. Exactly. I want the power, not the servitude. Yeah. It also bring it also brings the point like in the Lords. I think it's mentioned several times that. You know the, the the pantheon is just like a very small part of what the war actually is. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I 
I really loved I loved Gaia's character in this because it really sort of got me got me thinking because it's definitely sort of a kinship there and it definitely feels yeah. as if um obviously when they when they how can I put it? Oh. I, just, I love the irony. He's a thousand sons space marines, but Geyer is supposedly in trapped stuck in the form of a wolf. Mm, exactly. And mm. we know what if we know what happens to the thousand sons and the space wolf, well there. <laughs> I just love well, the irony. I found, of that. What I found quite interesting with Gaia is obviously she started as his familiar. Yes. As like this, you know, the sort of esoteric geometric shapes that never really spoke more sort of pulsed meanings to him that all of the Thousand Sons had. Yep. And then it was the burning of Prospero that led to her forming this sort of shape as a wolf. But then it's it sort of lets you know that the Thousand Sons were using these sort of demons as familiars without really knowing that they were actually demons. No, exactly. And they reference that as well because he talks about like before mm. we didn't know what they were. We just, they yeah. were a tool to be utilised and we saw that as a positive thing. And I know lorically as well that that is pretty much how humanity started dabbling with chaos, is that the Neverborn, which is what they refer to them as. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which again is a much more neutral way of referring. They're not demons, they are, they are just, they're not human. They wish to be in our world, but they aren't. They were Neverborn. But it's, um yeah, that sort of, yeah, neutral... Reference to them um, on a, a on a numerous basis, but um, yeah, I, I like how Guy is a much more benevolent character. I think, and it's um, there is a vague reference to her shadow being feathery and beak like, which would hint that obviously yep. she is a, a Tsinchian demon. But like you say, the, there's no real sort of love for Tsinch, if that makes sense. There's no sort of oh, love yeah. for the Pantheon. There's no sort of like, yeah, I'm serving Tsinch. Guy is my my Tsinchian demon. It's yeah. very much a being in her own right. Yeah, no love for Zinch, no love for Armin, definitely no love for Magnus. No, gosh, no. Yeah. None at all. It was interesting because I, I also to... liked that she was um Go on. she was willingly subservient, willingly bound. Not um no, it wasn't something that he forced upon her. She was like, Yeah, this is cool. And this... I'm I'm yeah. gonna be your pal. Which is again kind of sad how when the bond the bonding thing actually happened during the burning of Prosper, or at least in my listening of it, you know, just it kind of it's just like one of those is like when she willingly chose it's just like oh that's sweet yeah <laughs> oh nice isn't that nice it's um yeah no it was really and again I think what I really enjoyed about the character of Gaia is that although I hate that it's called Gaia I don't like a name because it just makes me think of Mother Earth. Like the whole way through it. I, I swore when I was listening to it, I was thinking Gaia, Gaia. And then I looked at it and it Gaia. I'm like, oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah. yeah, no, it's, I've always had this sort of view of, oh, I wonder, like, benevolent warp beings. Like, are there sort of, that sort of, uh, a more positive thing to come out of it? And I think she was definitely an example of how you can, you can have a character who is, a, a warp being do you know what i mean like a, a, an entity yeah. that is generally described as being a very very negative one and it not be a negative thing um which i really enjoyed i thought it was very 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 well written as well very very cleverly done um but i think it also depends on a certain point of view too you know guy has been benevolent toward kaon or kion but you know as you know she can 
rip some throats out if she needs to. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I think one of her lines is what? I hunt, I kill. Yes. Um, but not as... Uh, if we're talking about other characters, we'll go through that. This feels like the best approach. We're winging this, by the way. There's no structure here whatsoever, as is Triple H tradition. Shocking. Um, Welcome to the Hobby Happy Hour, where everything is improvised and the numbers don't matter. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so Kion, our lead protagonist, the X-1000 Sons Legionary, has uh, another demon as well, under his repertoire of Pokemon that he's caught. Um... And that is the something night. The uh, dread night. Oh, the, sh- the shattered night. That's shattered night. Shattered night. Shattered night. So that's part, ragged yeah, that's night. Part of his, the um, ragged night. The ragged, ragged night. Sorry, that's we it. were all yeah. wow. <laughs> that's um. So that's part of his uh, tarot deck, though, isn't it? That so is, he's got yeah the or what Abaddon refers to as his grimoire, like a collection of just captured bound demons that he can just throw out like pokeballs yeah i guess it's probably less like pokemon and more like Yu-Gi-Oh, really but um it's sure it's a, <laughs> sorry the, the similarities are like abundant um <laughs> it's, it's all the fucking same um but yeah so he collects these demons that he makes these pacts with but he's very very clear that he only collects there's no other way of describing it <laughs> he only collects the ones that he finds are actually useful to him. So the Ragged Knight oh, yeah. is uh, a, a corn demon. Um, oh, I assume corn. I don't know if it actually specifically says that he is, but he is very much of that ilk. Um, and he was born of something to do with the Knights Templar of old and some sort of burning of a town with all the people and innocent people within it. It's a cheery mm-hmm. book. Um, the... Um... The, uh, yeah, the sort of self-proclaimed messiah that called them innocent, themselves innocent, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I do. I kind of like the way that while the narrative is sort of told from Kyle's perspective as sort of like a retelling that's being documented, he kind of goes off on these tangents during the storytelling, but always manages to sort of wind it back to the original point. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a narrative tool isn't it and it's very well done um i think it's ultimately the the story is told again through his perspective but he's he's been captured by the imperium and he's retelling it to these the scribes um as they jot down the start of the black legion that's sort of the point of it but um yeah the ragged knight is another one of his demons but much more coordinate and the difference that you see between the ragged knight and gaia these two warp beings, these two neverborn that he has collected. Yeah, big, big um, difference. Huge. And it's a really good sort of... Uh, th- these are beings born of emotion. And obviously yeah. Gaia is much more sentient, so she's been born of, you know, sort of plots and ploys and a more sort of intellectual-based wizardry kind of a thing. Men um, thinking magic. Exactly. Whereas the Ragged Knight has been born of pain and suffering and anguish, and is very, is very clear aesthetically and yeah. how they behave. Um, the Ragged Knight is very much a, uh, okay. Thanks for bringing me into existence. I'm just gonna go and fucking kill everybody. Um, I want to eat stuff now, please. And then you, and then I'm gonna fucking yeah. kill you, because he senses a slight kind of weakness within Kion, and he sort of takes the opportunity to go. Well, I don't really want to be bound. So what are you gonna do? If I turn on you, bitch. 
Uh, yeah. He's almost got a assert dominance when he summons him to be like, actually, no, I'm still in charge. Exactly. You do as you're told. <laughs> Rather than that relationship with Gaia where he's like, we're a team. Yeah, exactly. I don't have to force things upon you. I guess if you were to, again, if we go back to the Pokemon narrative, um, <laughs> if you think of Gaia as Kion's Pikachu, then he doesn't. <laughs> and the Ragged Knight is very much Charizard. Um and Ash is always yeah. having to try and keep him under control. He's maybe a l- almost mm-hmm. too powerful for him. It's yeah. It's there's yeah. a similarity there. You've all just realised it. You've all just gone. Yep. Actually, this is a very very fair analogy. Yep. <laughs> I now cannot I never unsee that. So dumb. So dumb. So dumb. <laughs> And, um, and if you can draw and you're listening to this, please, <laughs> I, I require this to be made into a T-shirt. Hey, so, don't test me now. It's, please. Um, but anyway, so that's the, that's his demon repertoire, um, which he doesn't bring out on the big fight at the end, which we'll get to, but we'll move on to that. Uh, yeah, but does, he literally says at the time, if there was a time that he needed the Ragged Knight, that's it would great. be now. Yeah, yep. he does yeah. specifically. Go, um, say that. Damn, I wish he never. Good night was here, Charizard. Yeah, because he never you. gets him. It's... Never gets him back from after sending him off on that minion to go and get mission to go and get Telemachon. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. 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 So yeah. Anyway. So is it, was he unmade? Do we think then was that ever? That was never made clear because well, obviously Telemachon. Knight, no, no, no. Yeah. He, he, I, I don't think he was unmade. I think, um, and even if he was, it it would have only been a temporary thing because obviously they do specifically yeah, say yeah, demons yeah. cannot be permanently yeah. killed. Um, it's always yeah. a temporary thing. But I yeah. I feel like his reference of the Ragged Knight later in the story is almost sort of like the narrator's way of sort of going, he is still there. He didn't kill him. Yeah, like he can't kill him. It's he, so he can still summon him back. Um, but there is another demon that almost de- like wishes to be taken by um by our by our main man Kion. Um, and he's like, nah. And he's like, no. I've found that any demons that wish to serve aren't really worth my time. Thanks. Exactly. See you later. Um, mm-hmm. I think I think it's sort of vaguely hinted that this is more of a, a Nurgle-esque demon. Um, who's oh, big de- yeah, literally spreading disease through yeah. the um. Surf units, isn't he? Yeah, which is um, yeah, which was quite a nice little nod. It was a shame I didn't see more of Nurgle. I think in in the story, I th- I'd have been really interested yeah. to see. <laughs> you and how... you do have a bit of a Nurgle boner, I, so. I I too, it's true. Um, but it would have been really interesting to sort of see how Nurgle or a a a, a Death Guard was how that character would be approached within this story. Um, there are a couple of references to the Death Guard as being sort of some of the the hardest to work with or sort of overcome as they're yeah because just, like their, so... just their pestilent aura is makes it very difficult to even treat with them. So mm. and because my... Morty is so because Morty is so iron willed, it's just it's my way or the highway so that's why uh that, that's why the reference it's it's very difficult trying to deal with the death guard yeah i think sort of as a caveat as to why there's not many of them knocking around yeah yeah which you know don't get me wrong it makes sense but i think it would have been really interesting because i loved um so if we go through some of the other characters so telemac tele telemachion 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 yeah telemachion yeah um is ex-emperor's children or current emperor's children or not anymore um and it's interesting yeah telemachion lyris um yeah. so 
he's a really, really good character in this. I thought very interesting. And again, it's, it's he's he adds a sort of another perspective on the whole thing. And I've, I'm really loving this story, how the characters add something. It doesn't feel like people mm. have just been sort of shoehorned in as if they've gone, oh, well, we need a Slaneshi as starties in here, don't we? So we'll just shove yeah. it in here. But it's a good play on the, it's not just the uh, sex, drugs, rock and roll. Yeah. Yes. Well, he started out that way, but what Kion did to him kind of changed that. Yes. I and I, I, I like that. I like that little tweak that they did to kind of, you know, not just fall into the, the you know, Slaneshi demons are horny. The uh, corn yes. berserkers are rage filled and all that. Yeah, exactly. So we've, we've got examples of corn and we've got examples of Slaanesh, well, you know, noise marines. Um, see, it's interesting because I think with it, when it comes to Slanesh and Astartes, it's, you, you sort of automatically want to refer to them as noise marines. I think I do anyway. But he most <laughs> certainly isn't, if that makes sense. Oh, no. no yeah, and I not. think he sort of encapsulates that sort of Emperor's Children slash thing, whereas it is about the excess. Everything that he's done is described as sort of being, you know, posturing. He's got yes. the double swords. They talk about how, you yeah, know, they're yeah, not... Yeah technically the best when it comes to fighting but they put on a great show exactly he's got that and just like, like this silver smiling death mask you know yeah exactly everything's about just being that little bit extra with him yeah exactly and it's, 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 that bit i really enjoyed that little that little specifically saying oh by the way not related to the story but the way this guy fights is horrendously ineffective overconfident <laughs> 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 and yet still stood there quite easily going toe-to-toe with the Ragged Knight. Like, had Kion's sort of, like, looking on, like, what the hell is going on here with this guy? Jesus. <laughs> like, how is he doing this? Like, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's really interesting. So, basically, what happens is Kion severs the guy's, basically, physically, his nerve endings and also mentally. Um, so, whenever Kion isn't around... He just shuts down. He feels absolutely he can, nothing. Yeah, he can no longer uh, sort of feel emotions without Kion's consent. Which is a very, very, a very clever way of binding, I think, anybody relating to Slanesh, because obviously they're all about excess mm. and they're all about taking it to the end. But then that's like, that's like the fate worse than death that you don't want. I mean, it's it like, sounds horrendous. your deprivation anyway. Like, yeah. That sounds horrible yeah. regardless. But well, if for, you're... for us normally, but yeah. Yeah, because but he says though, isn't it? That's the only way you can trust him is he knows that you know he's got that hold over him because that's such a driving force for Telemachon mm-hmm. is to push the boundaries of those emotions by being in control of that. Yeah, he knows that he can trust him to do as he's told and not fuck him over because there's some history there between those two boys. There is, there is, mm, there's a lot of yes. history. Um, it's not like that, um, but. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, time way... after time. <laughs> you can stop, it, stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! But yeah, I think it was a really interesting way, and how I feel like Telemachon sort of almost tries to defend the Emperor's children's um, like just fucking off at the siege of terror. Um, yeah, like well, we've done pretty well for ourselves yeah, post-war. Thank you very much. So exactly like, now? like they literally yeah, go, like, dude, yeah. you fucking coward. Your whole fucking chapters are fucking cowards, fucking scumbags. You fucked off. Why did you do it? Well, why not? <laughs> there was fun to be had. We got some slaves out of it. What do you want? There was fun to be had. You knew you lost. So 
why stick around? Yeah, we just <laughs> fucked off. We, we're all right now. <laughs> Got mine. <laughs> just love his air of I regret nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um yeah, I I really enjoyed that sort of almost like arrogant kind of a yeah. And what of it? We got plenty of slaves. There's there's more to terror than just the Imperial Palace, buddy. It's like they might have as well have you got no honor, sir? No. <laughs> no, I don't. Have, What's... have you met the Emperor's children? <laughs> like what are you fucking talking about? Um But yeah, very, very well written character. Thoroughly looking forward to seeing what happens because I love how um basically Kion gives him... Does he actually give it him back in the story? Yes, he does. does, doesn't he? Yes, he does. He gives his emotions back because Abaddon basically says to him, hey, dude, maybe you should, like, just trust him a little. He's probably not as much of a dick as you think he is. He'll be a lot more useful to you. But we'll get to Abaddon. More useful to all of us. We'll get to Abaddon. We'll get to Abaddon later. So that's um, that's Telemachon. Fantastic character. Very well written. Really interesting to see some Emperor's Children slanesh, but not like that um i mean it's sort of hinted at but i think as we just discussed in the last one as well when it comes to slanesh that kind of excess like the sexy smutty stuff really is seen as very very base and very sort of eh. yeah like yeah uh, yeah well i mean even I with um even when it comes to his little first meeting with nefertari isn't it he's yeah. like it's not like he's like oh you're beautiful and all this but then he's like i want to like torture you, bleed you. I want to do this, that, and the other. I don't. It's not like, hey, you and me. Let's fucking bump some uglies. It's not like that scene from Deadpool <laughs> where he's do like the... doing the hand right. gestures. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I actually did the hand gestures as I was saying. I thought so. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing them right now and loving it. So anyway, um, that's Telemachon. The hand gestures. I'm doing the hand gestures. So, no. Um, Nefertari. So, Nefertari is Kion's, uh, I guess, Kion's Misty, really. Ward. So, yeah. sticking with the Pokemon theme makes sense. So, it's she is a Dark Elder. Nefertari. Is, is, this bitch. Is his Blood Ward, um, which I believe is what she is referred to as. Is that correct? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Blood Award. That's the one. Which, uh, again, hashtag spoilers. I, I got a little confused with this. I'm not going to lie. So my okay. understanding of it is, basically, she got killed by a Slanesh demon with great Correct. big long claws. Yes. Um, yes. Who I'd have loved to have explored a little bit as a character as well. I'd have loved to have heard a little bit more about that. Again, I, I, I love Slanesh stuff when it's done well. Um, yeah. Because it's boring when it isn't. Um, but, yeah. So she basically got killed by this demon, and it's sort of in. It's basically stated that she's so quick and she's so on it that in order for her to have been killed by this demon, it was almost by choice. Yeah. So she had. Um, there was two choices. She could either block her blow or yep. save Kion. And it was stated obviously um, that she chose to save Kion. Although why? I'm yeah. Not well, I think sure. I think it actually states that uh, she chose to do both, um, but sort of overstretched herself, mm-hmm. and she ended up catching the blow, not realizing that the uh, demon was quite as quick as she would be. Yep, just Slanesh demon. Yep. super quick, very, very, very quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for context as well, yeah. Nefertari is not just a Dark Elder, she is 
She's got to be a Drakari scourge, right? That's the word. That's the word. So she's definitely a scourge because she's there's she's got wings. She's got big feathery wings, and it's sort of referenced throughout it, like various sort of like birdie related kind of references are made. Um, yeah, the sort of even when she puts on a helmet, it's like a beaked helmet. Yeah, exactly. That um, they talk about. But she was a yeah an interesting character, and I thought again, like I think with Dark Eldar, you can get lost in the. Oh yeah, we're all about torturing people. Mm, yeah, love it. Um, you can kind of get lost down that road, but it's done in such a way that it's just. And I think they do this quite a lot in the book in general. And I will finish this thought. I promise. It's um, anything that's sort of like quite bad. Do you know what I mean? Like the torturing of people, like killing of mm-hmm. innocent people. Ultimately, these are all chaos astartes, quote unquote, mm-hmm. the bad guys. And she is a dark elder. But all of the references to anything particularly bad, it's just so blasé. Because obviously for her, oh, yeah. this is just day to day. Like, she, yeah. this is her sustenance. Yeah. She needs to touch people to stay alive. And it's like when Kion, who is, I don't know, fundamentally sort of references almost being a goodie in this. He's a good guy, kind of. <laughs> yeah. It, Try and make it sound like he's a bit of a victim of fate, doesn't they? Yeah, exactly. So he yeah. he sort of references being a good boy, but he's just sort of walking by and go. Yeah, so anyway, so I walked past the numerous people that were being tortured to get to, <laughs> to go speak with my missus, <laughs> Nefertari. Yeah. Um, and it's, um, yeah. But she was killed by this slashy demon. Mm-hmm. And Kion basically uses his psychic powers to stop her, undead her, and basically stitch her body back together psychically. Yeah. But he needs to basically portion off a little bit of his power at all times to sort of keep her together yeah because she the the demon killed her by puncturing her heart so kind of stitched the wound which is part of you know he does this to others throughout the story Mm -hmm. so like the sort of flesh making side of things is is done that's over with but because she doesn't actually have a heart anymore he's got that portion of his power is continuously doing the heart's job He's pumping her blood around, but can't tell her because he's sort of. He says that he's found if people know that they're actually dead, then the powers will stop working. Yeah, which was a bit yep. weird. I yep. thought it was an odd thing. I it, it felt a bit weird. It kind of felt like a little. I think it's probably the only thing in the book where I kind of felt like they'd sort of gone. Um, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. Yeah, let's do that. Anyway, I mean, he basically did like the homunculus's job without all the extra steps. Yeah. If you if you if you think about it, and know your dark know enough dark Eldar lore, which I I don't know that much of, but yeah, it's um, it was an odd thing, I think, and it, 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 I think the reason I got a little confused as well is like from a plot perspective and plot hole perspective, it's but there's numerous times when they're not together. Yeah, so I feel like he it's kind of trying to convey the feelings and emotions he has and the closeness he has towards her. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's managed to knit up all the other wounds, and that's fine, and he's done it on others where he's used, like, the flesh-making art and, yeah. like, he refers to it as the art and stuff, why can he not just do that to the heart? Yeah, why? Not... Or just get her a new heart. Like, this is the 40... Mm. Like the year 40,000. She's a dark Eldar. She's grafted fucking yeah. bird wings to her back. I'm pretty sure she could figure out a way to... Like, she went, oh, by the way, mate, you died, yeah? 
and keeping you alive yeah. by psychically pumping your blood through your body. That's it's, like yeah, we should probably get you a new heart. I I made you one. Here it is. Like I've made you a new heart. It's just a pump. Yeah, I think it kind of I think it kind of goes to the what what Kion Abaddon actually talk about in the end, which I don't know if we want I don't know if we want to delve into that just yeah, yet. But Sorry, yeah. I, th- I think with him, the ragged ragged knight Geyer, um, Nefertari, mm-hmm. the Telemachon, and then the uh, Corn Berserker, which we'll get to in just a little bit. Uh, you know, all that relates to certain feelings that Kion has been having. Yes. So I, I think I think all of that plot holes and all is just kind of in relation to into what he, what's what he, what's going on with him internally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Um I think maybe just and stop me if you disagree as well. I think it would have just been better had they just left it out. Like I kind of up to that point I kind of liked that the relationship was just hinted at or that you, I don't think yeah. you needed to go into that much detail about the why. Yeah, I can. I can. Yeah. I can because I can if she doesn't that. know that he's keeping her alive, why is she still? Why is she hanging around? Yeah, and also we don't really know because they were already like she was already his blood ward when that happened. Yeah, so I'm yeah. not really sure why what it's sort of adding there. Yeah, it doesn't really like, answer anything. Us. It doesn't really. It doesn't add. If that makes sense, it just creates yeah. just just creates further questions. Um, or just another way to sort of say, hey, it's K on pretty fucking big deal when it comes to the old warp powers here yes and he is like um and it will maybe talk we'll go back and talk about him a little bit more i think but he's very much very very powerful uh oh, yeah he's kind he's, of a big deal he's uh, kind of a big deal big deal um in my brain as well interestingly um like you know when you sort of have a, an image in your mind about what a character looks like um, I was imagining the new librarian character figure. You know the one with all the <laughs> with all the runes on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's kind of what I had in my brain. Um, yeah, the new one, the new Terminator one with um, all the runes. You and think he's Terminator play? No, I don't think he is. Um, it's just that yeah. that mini. I thought was like, yeah, yeah. That that's actually how I kind of see him because um, it's got an axe as well. Yes, yes, he's. Oh yeah. The, um... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yes. So for for those listening, um, yeah. So the Terminator Librarian, because he's got the axe. Yes, it's a it's a loyalist mini, but that mm. is kind of how I saw him. Like, if that makes sense, that's just how I envisaged him. Like, very strong, but very sort of like quietly strong. Um, yeah. I don't know. I kind of almost. Uh, I yeah, I think less less heavy armor, more robes though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're probably right. Um, and obviously, thousand sun. So there, there are there are there is artwork for each of these characters as well. Just head on over to Google. But uh, yeah, it's um. Well, I couldn't find a huge amount for him to be honest. No, I'm I surprised to... more people haven't done minis for them as well. Um, I um I, I watched I listened to it twice and after the second one I was like I could do a little I could do a little trio there of Kion Daya and uh, Nefertari. Yes, I know people have. I have seen people's work relating to it. I know I've seen some Nefertari stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It didn't. I want to see more. I want more. 
I want more. Oh, it's definitely oh, inspired oh. me to do some Black Legion stuff. I think I, I wanted to anyway, but it's um yeah. I'm very <laughs> yes, we're familiar with your uh, love of the Black Legion. Shut up, Dad. <laughs> but um yeah, so you've also got Corn, which we've referenced. So so far we've got Nefertari. She's Dark Ella. She just loves torturing stuff. Like she really, really wants to torture Telemachon as well. I think. Um, they don't get yeah, I think she. Uh, she's not too bad with Telemachon. Towards the back end of the book. Yeah, but Telemachon. I'd say Gaia, I'd say Gaia and Telemachon have more of an issue. Yeah, that's true. Um, Although it is also referenced that Nefertari and Gaia are kind of the only things that are keeping Telemachon from stabbing Kion in the back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, very much so. Um, We're watching you, motherfucker. Yeah, we're well, yeah, kind of <laughs> you. Um, but yeah, we've also got Leovine Eucharist, um, who is our corn berserker. Um, yeah. And also known as Fire Fist. No, don't call him Fire Fist. He doesn't like being called he Fire Fist. He does not like don't, you do. <laughs> don't call me. Don't, what? Um, don't call me that. Don't call me Fire Fist. It's all the time throughout it. Like, why? I like, Literally, if I was there, I'd be like, why don't you like being called Fire Fist? Yeah, there is <laughs> nothing that clears that up at all. Doesn't explain, doesn't go into any detail. It just, you goes, don't call me that. Like, yeah, that's literally just, your just... nickname. Everybody calls you Fire Fist. Yeah, but I don't like it. Why then? Yeah. <laughs> why? The world never explains. Never explains. Never explains. Doesn't go to. They go into great detail about Nefertari's fucking heart stitching Hang on. Thing. No. I've been so stupid. Why? It's because of how he lost his hands. That's why they call him Fire Fist, is because he lost both his hands when fire. his gun exploded. That's it. And that was it. Oh, they do say it, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Ah, we're all idiots. Look how stupid yeah. we are. Stupid, <laughs> yep. Bob. Yep, yep, um, yep. At least we caught it before someone else did. Huh? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, your comments are already raging with, with what we missed. <laughs> so, <laughs> edit, edit that one out, Bob. Edit that one out. No, no, no keep it in. I want <laughs> some images of people screaming, going, "It's because of his hands." <laughs> <laughs> it's literally because a fireball took off both of his fists. Why is he called Fire Fist? Who knows? So anyway, he lost both of his hands when his guns exploded, on <laughs> 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 an unrelated turn of events, <laughs> mm. uh, which at the time I thought was a really unnecessary. <laughs> bit of information but yeah 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 i see it now uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. um i really like his character i like all of the corn characters in this as well i think they're very very well done because i think a lot of the time when you think of the corn berserkers you just think of mindless yeah. and i think again if you don't know your law very well you think wow the butcher's nails they drive them to just be murderous they're all, all the just time. insane killers <laughs> yeah but like I think, like we were saying about um, Slanesh, this sort of goes yep. it, like goes in and does a really good job of sort of showing the grey when it comes to uh, your corn worshippers. It's not all about you know just fucking being mental all the time. No, exactly. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's numerous references to the butcher's nails and the nails singing. Oh yeah. Um, mm. But also, it sort of references how um, how much admiration Kyan has for him. 
at being able to control himself whilst that's going on. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. um, his face all twitch and he's got like face ticks and as the sort of the nails bite, he's sort of like going, uh, like as if, oh my God, I really need to start killing something soon, but I'm not gonna. And then the, especially like that, and especially when he gets like that during, uh, when he's around the Talon of Horus, which we'll get to in a little bit. But... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and even his, um, one of his warband, Agrivian, who's like, who sort of amazes um, Kion by saying that he's constantly trying to find that line where the nails provide a benefit, but what, when does it cross over into being sort of a boon and then just driving him mental? Yeah, 100%. Also, weirdly Yorkshire as well, that one character, which I thought was an interesting yeah. take. Um, yeah. yeah. But weird how none of the other ones were. Like, you kind of feel like that they'd all have a similar accent, wouldn't you? Like, all of the world eaters oh, would have a similar kind of... But anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah, the other the other Kormazokas that I referenced as well, it's very... They're very sort of stoic, I think, is would be the word I'd use to describe them. So it's quite the opposite of, I think, what you'd assume a Kormazoka to be. Like, they're very... Not unassuming, but, like they know that they can't let themselves get carried away. So I think there's very much yeah. a, a kind of, yeah, yeah. It kind of almost comes across as sort of like this sort of nonchalant arrogance. Mm-hmm. Like when they come into that first meeting and it's like, there was no real sort of formation about them. They're all just sort of bowling about, hands on their bolters, just mm-hmm. don't really care if there's anyone here. I don't really care if we're walking into fire lines. Like we're just... Mm-hmm. Just having a stroll, having a chat. It's almost like, how can I describe this? You know, people that just want to have a fight, but they don't want to be the ones that have started it, but they are itching to have one regardless. So, (laughs) that's kind of how he is is when they actually get on the vengeful spirit. Yes. Because of the servo skulls and the spirits of those who were there during the heresy and just like uh the way they make his nails just like interact and it's just it's like i need to i need this to stop 100 mm. percent. there's that sort of i don't know I, i'm not starting i haven't i haven't got a problem you've got a problem are you sure you haven't got a problem i think you might have a problem <laughs> like, like maybe we should maybe we should take this outside i'm not to fight of course just to discuss this but if you want to have a fight then that would be great i'd be really up for that fantastic um but yeah again very well written um fire fist fucking hell (laughs) can't believe it honestly that's gonna that's gonna haunt me um yeah yeah no very very well written but yeah he's again very calm and I, i really enjoyed that sort of as a character and i think it's when it comes to the the space marines the astartes the what, these are effectively chaos astartes well it's what they are that's exactly what they are yeah, yeah. that is what yeah. they are but it's it feels yeah. very strange to describe them as that because i think when you think of chaos astartes you just think of these like that they're barely even people anymore mm. whereas they all have very very clear motivations they don't necessarily like each other but they acknowledge that they need each other for a common goal so we'll work with each other to get to the result. Which is actually what happens. Yeah. The majority of 
warbands, like chaos warbands, that's just how they function. That's how they survive in the eye. They're still people. They have, well, they're not, they're potent, whatever, abhuman, whatever. Um, but they, they have very clear wants, wishes, motivations. And the majority of them do still have that. Um, hence why they're looking to form a legion of blackness. Legion. Da, 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 da. Yes. Yeah, well, they talk about it, how, like, they, um, they're still, you know, whilst whilst there has been that influence of chaos, they are still Astartes, they're still warriors, they've still got that drive yep. to be part of that brotherhood, part of that, you know, common goal, common cause. 100%. And I think Abaddon references it, because Ab- an Abaddon's character in this is just absolutely spot on. Um, oh yeah, so I love his characterization in this. It's so cool, and it's because I think again, if you don't know the stories, if you don't know the lore, when you think of Abaddon, you just think he's just this fucking power mad, fucking brutal dictator. He's not. Mm. He's fucking charismatic. That's his main which core is very, strength, which is very apt for a son of Horus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but his his key skill is his ability to schmooze. And to <laughs> and to, like get people on board, like talk people around, win them round, be their best friend. I mean, fucking hell, he managed to fucking convince the Chaos Pantheon. Like he didn't trick them. There's no like he's not sort of he he's won them round because he's just so mm. damn charming. Well, Chaos says that, doesn't he? He's he yeah. says you know he's going around watching him befriend all of these other warriors and it made him respect him more he said if he had to resort to sort of trickery or cajoling or whatever he wouldn't have had as much respect for him as a leader yeah 100 percent um mm-hmm. well it's also important to note too that like the power mad dictator that fights the imperium in 13 black crusades that we see in 40 in 40k is this is set like not too long after the heresy so it is a completely different time period a completely different abaddon too that's before right before the black legion formed so it showcases him still more or less as a a son of horus than the big main representative for the chaos chaos space marines well this is what this is still ten thousand years after the heresy isn't it uh, yeah, it is. Well, uh, well he, Kyle's narrating 10,000 years after the heresy, but he's talking about when the fir- Black Legion first formed, which was, eight, what, what, two, one, two, three thousand years after the heresy, so... Some time has passed, but I think he's... he's... I thought it was a bit sooner than that. Maybe. I thought he was speaking the exact about M41. No, I think it's a bit... No, it's earlier than that. I don't think it's that far after. You're right, it is like he's been captured at that point. So the actual time that he's talking from is around then. But the the tales he's dictating because it's before um Black Legion was formed. And obviously I think yeah. Abaddon's first crusade was like was it in M4? When was it? Because they've been doing the Legion Wars, haven't they? Yeah. Hold on. Insulting forty K wiki. Everybody's Googling. Absolutely. Legion War is known as the Legion War, the Slave Wars, or sometimes referred to as the Eye of Terror Slave Wars, were waged shortly after the end of the Horus Heresy in the Eye of Terror between the various trade legions of Heretic Astartes in the early 31st millennium. 
Fantastic. Well, that that clears that up then. Clears that up. That clears that up. Answers that old chestnut. So yeah, that's um yeah that's that that's corn. But Aberdeen. What about that's corn? That was ages ago. Um, <laughs> what am I talking about? Oh my god. Leo Vine. Uh, but yeah, Aberdeen. Very very well written in this, and yeah, it's. I I find it really interesting that he's basically just lurking aboard the ship in cobbled together mishmash of armor that he's just taken from other other chapters, mm. like in a hodgepodge jigsaw, um, and his hair's all disheveled and he's all just kind of, he's kind of let himself go a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's kind of like Fat Thor. Yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If we were to make a reference, <laughs> we're going from Pokemon to Marvel now. <laughs> yeah. So um, he's um, you know, he's he's been hiding out. He's been doing a sneak. He's been planning, like, plotting, ploying. Um, I like as well that they created this fucking alcoholic beverage that the fucking corn berserkers just absolutely love. Um, <laughs> yeah, only the corn dude. <laughs> only Leovine likes. Everyone's like, dude, what the fuck is this shit? Like, Leovine sat there going, this is fucking delicious. <laughs> mm. Hey, the space balls aren't the only ones that can make a good alcohol for uh, space balls. Exactly. Well, I like little references like that. It's, um, it's interesting. So um yeah yeah it's he makes it and he's um is it made out of bits of Neverborn or it's some sort of attempt to make he, warp yes yeah, he attempted to cry to yeah. try and make like uh what do they call it do they call it ectoplasm uh, something like that, that was like a name for it yeah but he like tried to uh it's supposed probably. to be like the element that the warp is made of in liquid form. Yeah, and he's tried making it, and he's like, "This is the runoff from that." Yeah, psychers, neverborns, distilled nonsense, all sorts of shite. <laughs> the tears of children and things. I think he says at one point as well. Yes. Yeah. And again, like when we're talking about like the horrors, because again, the archaeologists to start is they're not the good guys. Um, when they're talking about like these horrible things, and it's just this blase reference to Abaddon's, because Abaddon <laughs> is sort of written as almost feels like a good guy. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, just like, because you're a bad guy does not mean you're a bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Satan. Um, <laughs> but it's um, yeah, it's like and he's like yeah, so yeah, oh what that delicious beverage? Ah, tears of children, like screams of the innocent, yeah. something else, something along those lines. Anyway, so <laughs> and, and he's almost like sort of brushing it off, like well, you know, with these things, it's more about the ceremony and the the. You know, than it is the actual act. It's, it's, it's all about the drama. Yeah, exactly. Like, and that's yeah. It's all about yeah. You just kind of got you got to zhuzh it up a bit. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's very very interestingly written character. I think, and it's um, it's good to see. He's clearly got a goal in mind. This is all of his construct. He's like, kind of like I, I summoned you here. I knew by doing these things that you'd rock up here. And mm. this is like you. Much like me, need to have that bond. We, you know, you need to have that legion structure. That's why you. That brotherhood. Yeah, exactly. Um, so let's let's rock and roll. Let's do this. And yeah, it's it's quite heartwarming. Um, <laughs> they're, they're touching, very touching. They just they just they just want a little bit of friendship. That's all they want. They want each other. <laughs> Um, so it really was about the friends that they made along the way. Told you, I said, I, you thought I was joking. You thought I was. was um, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it's like. 
Um, and all of this is brought together, comes to a head when they all decide to kill the clone of Horus, who has been made. Well, they did. They decide to go after it, didn't they? Because they don't. They don't even think that it's actually been done yet. No, they they did a lot of talking about it with of you know with Fabius Bile Fabius Bile I don't, I don't know how you pronounce his name but they made a mention of it at the very beginning that the Emperor's children with Bile you know stole the body of Horus from a, a Sons of Horus stronghold and so mm. they've been making a lot of mention of it right up until this point like what if he does succeed and Horus is reborn and all of them yeah they need to put a stop to it don't they. Yeah, he was. They were successful. Fabius Bar did a, a bang up job, um, and actually managed to clone. Well, he, there's numerous clones. Um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't just Horus. It was, it was like most of the other Primarchs too. Yeah, we've got Fulgrim clone. We've got yeah. Um, I can't remember the other ones, but I think it's, it's, uh, there was a Logar clone that was referenced. Mm -hmm. Logar clone, a Fulgrim clone. Um, and it's it's interesting to see how they view the Primarchs. Because they don't view them as sort of like they ref they refer to them as almost as their father. Well, they do refer to them as their fathers. Um, yeah, but there's no love there. There's no sort of like. Yeah, I feel like it comes across as like post uh, sort of Terran War. They're all a bit jaded about the Primarchs and a yeah, bit like mm -hmm. you kind of thought a lot of yourselves and you've not really managed much. No, I mean especially Kion uh, uh, being you know the guy that made. Magnus bend the knee. Mm -hmm. He's uh he's very much over Primarchs as a big deal. Yeah, yeah. You're just another like, dude, but a very strong dude. <laughs> I think that's oh, yeah. what Fabius is after. He wants to use them as a weapon. Um, and the scene where basically Horus version two point um, I just love out. the opening line. I just love the opening line that Kion mentions. It's like uh, when the door opened, that is when we that is when we began to die. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, ah, oh, shit. Um, and like if you consider it all through the rest of the story, obviously these these are starties. These because they're already bigger than normal men. These are fucking big, powerful astartes, and they're oh, yeah. strong for an astartes as well. They're powerful. Well, I mean, and then, not just that, I man. Like for their respective legion, they are kind of a big deal. Like, exactly. Well, you've already yeah. gone on about how how big a deal Kion is compared to the Thousand Sons. You got Leor, the World Eater. You got yeah. Telemach on the Emperor's show. They're kind of big deals, even for their legion. yeah. These are these are all essentially leaders of their own warbands in their own yes. right, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. And then Horus comes out and just starts fucking plowing through them just laying waste absolutely just they're just bouncing off of him and he's just mm -hmm. and he is just taking shots and everything and it's just poor guyer yes. mm. does, does he actually <laughs> hashtag spoilers does he actually kill Gaia then is that it I mean, he, no i don't I mean, think he, so i don't know if he actually killed Gaia, but man he sure did a number on her though what yeah. about nefertari She's not. Dead. I don't think either of them are dead. Yeah, but you see, I was. I wasn't sure. I felt like I was like, are they dead? Is that it? Is that shit? But, yeah. yeah so I don't... Another Google search. Yeah, because it kind of says that he's so you know he's so weak at the time from the previous undertaking and then coming into this fight, sort of defending himself, that he's the thing that hurt him the most was that he was so weak that he couldn't tell whether they still lived or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of left sort of like. 
a big fucking question mark, I think. Yes. Rather than actually giving you a definitive yes or no. Yeah. Um, I can't seem to find anything. I'm sure it'll be cleared up in the second book, which we'll get to. Probably. At some probably. point. Not today. But we'll I, I forget I forget that this is part of like a trilogy, not just its own standalone book. Hmm. Well, there's a, there's two, I think. It's, it's talk going to one. be a trilogy, I think. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. it's a planned trilogy. <laughs> but they haven't released the third one yet, which I thought was interesting, considering the first book is almost... What nigh uh, no, coming it's up? 2014. This one was released. Yeah, so it's almost ten years old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on. <laughs> um, but they do make reference later in the book about how, in the future, that you know how the story goes is that the Primarchs all bow, they one after yeah. another will bend the knee to the Black Legion and to Abaddon. Um, which yeah. is interesting. Although they do specifically say that Mortarian had to be brought to his Yeah, he, he was. Uh, yeah, he was a bit. But of even true. in the end, he 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 capitulated as well. For sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's. I think that's, that's the majority of them, and then obviously like Horus, Fabius as characters. Horus does speak, um, which I thought was interesting. I thought maybe yeah. he should have not. Um, but obviously Abaddon dons the Talon of Horus, which is his classic claw That's hand. mine. Powerful. And he's like, yeah, fucking, that's mine. And then Abaddon fucks him up with him. Um, <laughs> which again just goes to show just how skilled he is and how strong Abaddon is as well. Well, they also yeah. make mention too because like Horus was like destroyed body and spirit, so even if it was a successful clone, it still wasn't like the original Horus. So, and yet he was still yeah. this destructive. So you can only imagine how uh, awful it would have been if it was the Horus reborn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, I mean, you think they say that they have what just over a hundred Rubikais? They've got sort of like sixty Black Legion warriors, Leorvine and his boys. You've got the fucking Justarian there, mm-hmm. and then they still say that as soon as he bust, Horace busts in the room, they have to fall back to collect themselves because of how disastrous he is. Exactly. He's a he's a powerful boy. He is big guy, um, but ultimately Horace is killed, and Fabius Indeed. is also killed. Nope. Mm, or does no. he scuttle away? No. He scuttles I away. believe in true Fabius style. He scuttles away. Scuttles away. I really like Fabius's character. I always find very interesting because again, Emperor's children. But every time they mention him as being Emperor's children, I'm like, oh yeah, he is, isn't he? Because yeah. he's very much not beautiful. <laughs> not. Oh, he's his. He's his own. He's his own guy. He's very yeah. gross. Um, but yeah, so his like obsession, his Emperor's children, his Slanesh thing, is just that. He, fucking takes his experiments to the extreme he wants to he wants to uh improve upon the emperor's work he sort of sees the primarchs as just one step on the rung of sort of gene editing and perfection that he wants to uh climb that ladder even higher because i don't think he's i don't know thinks very highly of himself he does but it's it's funny because I don't think he's doing it for any reason other than just to do, just so to prove that he can. It doesn't mm. feel like he's Which... oh I'm bringing the Primax back so that I can take over the galaxy. It's just a yeah, clone some Primax. 
just so just so I can. I mean, that's still pretty apt for adversity. Yeah, like, exactly. If you, if yeah. you think about it. <laughs> He's, oh, no, it's you very, know, um... he's that full of himself. <laughs> I know I can do this. Yes. <laughs> Whether you say I can or not. Yes, very much so. Um, and it, obviously it's all gross and like his teeth are all rotting out of his face and stuff. And it's, um, the primogenitor. It's, uh, yes. um, so yeah, and then that's Fabius, that's Horus, and that's the main characters, I'd say. There's a lot of... Well, I think we've glossed over the Anamnesis. I was, that was literally... I would, I would oh, say. yeah. I can't forget her. Anamnesis. The Anam... The Anam... The Anamnesis. Anamnesis. Which is, uh, and Anamnesis. also the, the White Seer, Ashokai. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm, yeah. You've also got What's his name? The word bearer, which I thought was a very interestingly written character. Oh, yes. What was his name? Well, we'll get to that. Uh, So the Anamnesis, which actually turns out to be Kion's sister, um, is basically the machine spirit. She is the deus ex machina. She is, um, yeah, she's the ship, basically. Um, She's been... So... Yeah, she had so on uh, on Prospero. They had a lot of things called psychnuine, which are like basically psychic predators that would feed on people's brains and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them got hold of her, laid a load of eggs in her brain. Um, the surgery was. Yeah. Mixed success, she kind of survived, but she lost sort of like half her brain matter in the process, and so willingly stepped up to the um, Mechanicum Mm -hmm. at the time to be interred within a spaceship. Spaceship? Is that what we want to call it? Um, Yeah, sure, inside a ship, kind of like a... What do you call them now? The fucking knights, the way that they do them. With oh god, what are they called now? You know, with the knights of knights, it's the throne mechanicum. But I think with the amnesis, it's something different. She's yeah, basically she's, 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 certainly... she's in like a, a, a fluid, isn't she? Um... Yeah, she's in one of those fluid tanks, kind of like uh, the a fish. Oh, the Titan, 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 the Titans. Yeah, yeah, not Titan, yeah. What are they called? The, is it the Moderati or the Princeps? I don't know. Give me just a second I, I can find out. I don't know. Yeah, they been, so she started off as controlling it like that, and then obviously, as with all of them, since being in the space of the eye, um, has become so much more, and is now sort of this gestalt mind that controls the entire ship. Exactly. And all of the defences and everything. And then she is moved over um, to yeah. the Abaddon ship. Yep. Which is the yep. name. Vengeful Spirit. That's the one. Uh, she's moved over to the Vengeful Spirit and then becomes very much a Vengeful Spirit. Um, oh, she, yeah. She's pretty neutral beforehand. And she's quite sort of not really her anymore. She's just like mm-hmm. this. She's a, a machine and she has very few emotions. I'm the Anamnesis. Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> would you like to know more? Um, but she's <laughs> once she becomes part of the Vengeful Spirit ship, she's very much a yeah, I'm back, baby. Let me fuck up <laughs> this planet. <laughs> Please let me kill them all. No. Oh, go on. 
<laughs> please. Yeah. Um, and they then basically throw their old ship at the planet. This, right. This mm-hmm. is one of the most like ridiculous displays of Kion's power. The fact that he has psychically tethered the ship along the route that the vengeful spirit takes for what is described as months to the emperor's children's bloody hideout and then used it as just a missile to destroy an entire world in one hit like that's mental how much i'm getting straight up up force force unleashed vibes when he's pulling down the star destroyer onto the junk planet that's that's exactly what i was thinking of just next level chaos man it's ridiculous oh it's yeah it's insane um also, something that I feel like Abaddon has done a couple of times now. I think he's. Isn't that. Doesn't that feel like his go to. Bit of a signature move. Like. Foreshadowing? <laughs> how, how should we approach this? Ah, fucking throw a ship at it. <laughs> <laughs> it worked so well the last couple of times. Like, do you want to make full me think of fuel, about it? They're full of bombs. <laughs> They'll do the job. We throw just... a ship. We could just make a big bomb if you like. No, no, no. <laughs> Don't use the ship to fire the bombs. Just throw the ship. <laughs> just throw the ship. Um, it was funny because they obviously refer to it as the spear. They throw, like, throw the spear. Yeah, and I'm like, throw the spear, Kion. And I'm listening to it and I'm like, what the fuck's the spear? Should I know what this is? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when you think, oh, did I did I miss a bit? Did I gloss over that? Um, and then obviously it says, oh, by the way, the spear is actually just his old ship. There's a bot there. Yep. Um, and then they hear the screams of billions just stop <laughs> <laughs> immediately. Um, so, yeah. Fuck- There's a, I've heard the screams of billions and they're suddenly silenced. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ah, um, uh, sci fi references. Um, yeah, so that happens. Um, and yeah, I thought that was. Uh, a, a real power power move there by old Abby. Big time. Abby Dabby do. Um, yeah. And then we obviously, the other characters that we refer to, I think after that point you're starting to talk about maybe slightly more minor characters. Um, we have like, what is Kion's, what's his old Dubri Watson? Yeah, his old mentor. Yep. Who is another thousand son. Um, Ashokai. Ashokai. The, um, mm-hmm. who the White is Seer. Called, yes, the White Seer. And he's called that because he is albino, which I thought was quite interesting. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he's just a bit of a dick all the way through it, really, isn't he? If, 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 we, if we're frank. He spends the whole yeah. thing basically stood behind Kion going, oh, Kion, I don't know, don't do that. Oh, <laughs> we can't do that, Kion. Don't be silly, Kion. Oh, no, Kion. Stop it. You know who he is, right? He's um, Captain he's Cole. the Zazu. He is the Zazu to Kion Simba. Yes, is he, is. he is Zazu. Um, See here, <laughs> he is definitely <laughs> just a bit of a dick, just the whole way through it. Just yeah, now you can't do like that, Kion. Um, <laughs> and then Kion goes ahead and does it exactly like that with minimal issue. Yep, and it pans I'll out. See here, exactly as planned. Um, yeah, so that's that's the White Sea. He's he's a thousand suns. That's what he is. Um, but I really enjoyed the ex-word bearer character. Uh, Sargon. Yes, that's it, Sargon. 
Yeah, yeah. interesting. With the face of a child. Well, not a child. In fact, like, a young man. A young man, like a early 20s, I think is how it's referred to. Um, yeah. Because they're sort of like, they all go, well, usually in Astartes, they sort of look like they're in their mid-30s, and that tends to be how they stay um, yeah. indefinitely. So it's... Uh, mm-hmm. He sort of references them as sort of looking like he's just, just joined the Legion sort yes, of thing. very, very much a young man. Um, but he isn't. Just out of scouthood. And he can't talk either. He's had his um, throat mm-hmm. burned out by plasma. 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 Mm-hmm. Um... So he uses dead people to talk. <laughs> yep. Either sign language or dead people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nothing in between. Do you just maybe just want to write on it? We've got you this whiteboard. No. <laughs> yeah. No. Dead people are nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse. Refuse to do it in any other way. <laughs> but then it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because they can't. Obviously, Kion and the other sorcerers throughout will use like the mind speak, where they'll just chat to each other in their heads through the sort of psychic like whatever they do and he specifically says that Sargon can't do that and has been guarded against it by something or someone yeah 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 um <laughs> like he's and, like a blank slate and you can't can't break into yeah. his brain at all um, which makes you wonder who's done it Abaddon I would say well mm-hmm. it's or, gotta be in it or was it Sargon maybe did it to himself um, but he also says that Sargon is Kion's like I am, you know, I'm a pretty big, big deal. I'm super powerful. While Sargon isn't as powerful as me, his mastery over like the techniques and stuff is ridiculous. Yes, very. And that's much. why he's so dangerous. Mm-hmm. The control rather than just the raw power. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um... Yeah, so it sounds like someone else has done it to him. Yeah, maybe. It's, I mean, it's almost definitely a pattern. Uh, yeah, but I would say so. It's, um, could have been. Could have been longer at some point, maybe. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, very possibly as well. Um, I'd like to know more about Logar. I think, I think the the word bearers in general, I think, are very interesting. I don't know enough about them. And I would like to know. <laughs> I would like to know more. Um, would you like to know more? And that's yeah, and then that's Sargon. Very interesting little character. Very interesting overall. Yeah, I think it's cool. A very very. I think we should also give. I think we should also give special mention to uh, uh, look at the list out. Falcus, because without him, oh, mean, Falcus there, wouldn't this, there wouldn't be the search for the for the vengeful spirit. Yeah, that's true. So well, he's yeah, an he ex-Luna Wolf who is now super chaosified. Yeah, he was. He was a. Um... What's it called? He was part of the Justarian. That's mm-hmm. the um, Terminator Elite of Horus. Mm-hmm. The same as Adam was. Yep. Oh, yeah, because sure. they they refer to Abaddon as something, don't they? Like the chieftain or whatever. He was the first captain, if I remember right. Yeah, so he's like the head of the head, and then Falcus was like the head of his own chapter. And I Just find it area. really interesting because basically it's a, a little crew of possessed um, Chaos Astartes. 12, 12 of them? Yeah, something like that. But they're all possessed by one demon. Yeah. Um, which I find yeah. really interesting because they were that saying normally it's each one gets inhabited by a Neverborn and that's mm. like that's what happens. But these are all inhabited by one single one that's so diluted it's barely even there in each of them yeah, individually. Yeah, that's how it's sort of surviving. Super tricksy. 
but it was an interesting take and i think it really just sort of displays what the demons are all about like it's more about just existing in the real world that's what they want and if yeah. that means doing that then fine yeah yeah because they're sort of described in this one as being echoes of human emotion and that's what they're striving for is to feed upon more of the emotions mm-hmm. that's what keeps them keeps them ticking keeps them ticking over but um yeah because because the warp is fed by the emotions of the living so yeah that's what they want to be there amongst the living to just suck it all up suck up that sweet emotional juice <laughs> delicious uh-huh. You, um, but yeah, it's yeah, very, yeah. Overall, very very good book. Gets four four thumbs up. Four Bobby thumbs up. Four Bobby thumbs up. So yeah. wait, Bobby thumbs. Where's the fourth thumb? What do you mean the fourth thumb? Well, we know about the third thumb. It's the fourth one. Oh yeah. I can't talk about the fourth one. I'm afraid. Um... I'll tell you when you're older. <laughs> I'm very proud of my thumb. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah no right <laughs> just to bring it back yeah no i really enjoyed it I think, um the way it's written the sort of the way that it's from this viewpoint of kion having willingly presented himself to the imperium as the herald of um the herald of abaddon almost yeah 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 mm-hmm. so this we're and that, like just like that final bit where it's like but why are you here, Kyan? Why have you let us take you? And he's like, oh, because we want to let you know what's coming. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. you can't do anything to stop it. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, it's, um, yeah. That was, that was a really nice way for it to end as well. I thought it was like a real, yeah. oh, yeah. like, why the fuck you, you've come here willingly, why are you doing this? Because, <laughs> funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> because we just want to put even more fear into you. Yeah, I am literally like... right where I want to be, and you need to remember that. So... Like mm-hmm. psychological long play, and it's like I'm I'm in your head, buddy. I'm in your head. Oh yeah, it's um yeah, very very good, very well written. Nice nice plot gets you right into it as well, right from the beginning. Really. Yeah, good yeah. read. Really good read. Really enjoyed uh, it. Yeah, there's not really any sort of bits to where you're like. All right, let's get through this to the good bits. It's, <laughs> you know. And I thought, interestingly, as well, for, from a story writing perspective, it made me think a little bit about something. I think when you're writing a story, it can feel like you're you're spending too much time describing stuff, and you feel yeah. like it would be a bit boring. Um, but ultimately, that sort of giving that nice immersive, like those little tidbits of information, could really, really, really add. Um, yeah, like I say, like. Like I was saying earlier, the way that he'll just sort of like go off on the little tangents to be like, in order for me to explain this, I first need to let you know about such and such. And it sort of, it starts off as like you say, that little sort of like, oh, is he over explaining? It's like, oh no, actually that's quite a nice little sort of narrative way of explaining what's going on and why this is happening without going too silly. Yeah, exactly. Super, I like, yeah, just super well done. I mean, you you know you're in safe hands with ADB anyway, really. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a pretty established author at this point for the old Black Library, but yeah. he's uh, yeah knocked out of the park with this one. I think very oh, nice. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting started on Black Legion soon as. Yeah, me too. I think I'll um I'll I want to sort of get my teeth into it. Um, and it's made me sort of want to. I hear a lot about the Night Lords books as well. I want to get into them as well. 
Um, yeah, they're another one that just always pops up when you're, it's like, which Black Legion book should I read? Yes. Like, Nightlord's Trilogy. Nightlord's Trilogy. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Any final thoughts then, gentlemen? Mm-hmm. Very fun. Very fun read. Um, definitely makes definitely makes me want more. And, you know, I don't know, just all around a good time. Yeah, I just really enjoyed it, man. It's just dope book. Looking forward to the second one. Um, excuse me. Uh, yeah, give it a go. If you haven't, I mean, you should have as part of the book club anyway. You you should have been here listening to it, reading it, coming along for a chat. And if you want to get involved in our book club, head on over to our Patreon. For as little as £1 a month, you too can join in on our Discord and speak to the likes of me, Bob, me, Jono, and our good <laughs> friends Gerald and Dan here. Hello. There's other people Hi. as well. Come join us. Come say hey. Come say hello. Listen to some of the other episodes that you've already listened to, and listen to them again on a different IP address. All the time, <laughs> constantly cycling through. Be sure to rate. Be sure to rate all five stars. All five stars. Yeah, give us a rating review as well. We never say that, and we it does genuinely help. Just um, as long as it's five stars, they don't give me anything. Else. And- and then while you're listening to the podcast, go on to Element Games. Element Games, that's right, Element Games for all your hobby miniature needs. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so, it's great when you don't have to do your own marketing. Um, and, that's, and that's been the Talon of Horus. Uh, just the Bob, one Talon. Just the one Talon. Just one, the tip. One, just one, the tip. one. Just the tip. One. Just, just the tip. I've been Bob. I've been Dan. I've been Gerald. And don't skip leg day. Night. Fucking smooth, baby. Fucking smooth. <laughs> Good eye. Night. Cool. Thanks very much. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. He's going right. We'll just Dan's just going for a pee. Oh, okay. I was gonna say it got very quiet. Yeah, it's um, it's weird. You kind of get like a second sense for this second sense. (laughs) (laughs) Can I get a sense for these things? Like when we used to recording with Jono, and it's like Jono. Oh, no. I just thought my internet cut out or something. <laughs> well, that's usually what it <laughs> is. Like it just got because like it just got quiet all of a sudden. Like, <sighs> okay. Sorry.